Hey, so I'm not sure if you heard, but we are bringing back the private practice bootcamp experience. So listen, this will not be an ordinary bootcamp. Yes, that's right. We are glowing up your experience and your private practice. So what does this mean? Are you truly ready to glow up your private practice and your life? So I'm talking about crafting a big vision. Stop playing small. Who does that? Okay. We are dreaming big beyond just clarifying your niche. We are actually going to build up your confidence in your business as an abundant CEO. Now, listen, I've had the opportunity to host over 25 boot camps in the last five to six years. And I know that I am really good at teaching and delivering that information. But one thing that I have noticed that is missing with therapists right now is that they need a hype woman. They need someone to encourage them to show up and to glow up boldly and unapologetically. So here are the details. We start on May 20th. We are going strong for four days with also a bonus money session. We also have added our Facebook group with challenges and activities. Listen, y'all, we working. So in order to sign up to participate in all pieces, I want you to head down to the show notes and get on the bootcamp experience list so that you can get started with us. Now, also our private practice signature program DTA will also be opening soon. So make sure that you check the show notes and get on that notification list as well so that you can be the first to know about all the juicy bonuses that we have coming down the pipeline. It is glow up season. I will see you in the bootcamp. Hey, welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. And so this is a very special episode. We will be bringing on a guest of mine. Um, she is actually one of our Adult Therapist Academy alumni students. She is also currently one of our VIP students in our Elite Coaching Mastermind. And her name is Dr. Tracy Knighton, also known as Dr. T. So she is a mental health provider. She has been in the field for over 22 years, providing counseling services, specifically focusing on helping clients navigate transitioning in different segments of their life. And so she has a lot of stuff going on in Georgia. She has a practice called Nova Counseling and Consulting Services. She also provides therapeutic care for adolescents and adults, centering around overcoming challenges and becoming the best version of themselves. She focuses on invoking change and transforming lives. And she believes that with the right tools in your toolkit, pain can open doors to possibilities and obstacles can become opportunities. So tune in for this epic episode. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. All right. Welcome everybody back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So we have a special guest. You heard a little bit about her background and who she is in our intro, but now you are able to hear her if you're tuning in on the podcast or see her if you're watching the video on YouTube. So I want to send a warm welcome to our guest, Dr. Tracy Knighton. So welcome to the show. (laughs) 
Thank you for having me. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, she's one of our uh, VIP students. Uh, She has been through and built a phenomenal private practice. And I'm going to let her tell you all about that. But she's a mental health provider. And she also is in our elite coaching mastermind in which she is making a huge impact with the clients that she serves. And so I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Tracy. Can you tell them where you're located, what type of therapist you are, and a little bit about yourself? Sure. So again, thank you for having me. It is such an honor to be here. Um, I'm actually located in South Georgia in a little rural town in South Georgia um, called Albany, Georgia. I tell people all the time, if you just do your homework, this is the one place where Martin Luther King marched and he could not make a difference. (laughs) So that's where I am located in Albany, Georgia. And so I'm so excited because when I started your program, Mm -hmm. I had no clue what I wanted to be when I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you say, you know, what is it that you do? I tell people now that one of the things that I love to do now is to introduce counseling to people who thought that counseling was happening. That's good. Wow. Um, Who do you see um, in your practice right now? Yeah, so our youngest client is um, actually 10 years old. Our oldest client just turned 90 last year in 2020. She lost her husband when she came to me for a grief counseling. Wait a minute. That is, I'm just going to say that is huge considering how far mental health has come, that you're never too old to seek out third party assistance with Mm -hmm. processing grief or anything else. That's major. That is. And it was so so much of an honor for me to work with her. And listen, she she was so excited to be there. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was excited to have her because she was 90, but she was excited to be there and to have a conversation with me. And so that's one of the things that I really, really try to do in my private practice is to make people feel like they're having a conversation versus coming to counsel. Right, right. So let's take it all the way back uh, because, you know, we always talk about us being a therapist now, but all of us have a personalized story. How did you end up going into the psychology field? Sure. So when I was in high school, I wanted to be a psychologist, but um, my dad told me I graduated from high school in 1988. And so all uh, black women went to college for business in 1988. And so when I graduated from high school, my dad said, you're, in a, you're going to be a homeless PhD. You will not graduate um, high school and go into psychology. You're going to go into business. So I did. I actually have a marketing degree from um, Georgia State University. But then I kind of started distancing myself from business and ended up with a job with the mayor of Atlanta. And I was his appointment secretary. And part of what we had to do um, with him was we had to serve our community. And so I served in the school setting and I loved it. I absolutely loved it, Dr. TK. Ended up leaving my job there, coming back home to Albany. And one of my friends says, you really should be a school counselor. And I said, a what? Now, mind you, my only experience with a school counselor was her calling me to my, her office my senior year of high school and telling me I wasn't smart enough to go to college. That was my only encounter with a school counselor. But I enrolled in the school counseling program, absolutely loved it, loved it, loved it became a school counselor, my students started graduating and started coming back to me, wanting to do counseling at school. And of course you can't do that. And so I actually had a parent who's still a very good friend of mine to this day, who was a licensed professional counselor and said, you really need to become a licensed professional counselor so that you can serve your students. 
I hesitated because I was the world's greatest school counselor. (laughs) (laughs) And because she's such a dear friend, our birthdays are only two days apart. So she brought me the application already filled out. Oh, wow. She was like, you're going to be. (laughs) Exactly. So I signed it and I waited a whole year almost to the date to take the NCE. Wow. Took the test, passed with flying colors, and became a school counselor and a licensed professional counselor and was still serving. Wow. To this day, I still work for the school system, yeah. which is my 8 to 4 job. But yeah. at 4.30 every day, yeah. I start with um, private class. Wow. So tell us what it's like, because I know in our podcast, we have two different listeners. We have the general public, maybe people who are interested in seeking mental health. And then we also have a large group of therapists that watch. And a lot of our therapists um, that even look at like the Dope Therapist Academy, for example, they don't think that it's possible to even start their business while they have a job. So can you talk about like what your schedule looks like? Sure, yeah. So my schedule starts every day at 4.30. That's what I tell you. 4.30 is my first client. Mm-hmm. And usually my last client, depending on what type of client it is, I usually schedule my 7.30 clients mm-hmm. for my professionals or mm-hmm. the family therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's 4.30, 5.30, 6.30, and 7.30, giving mm-hmm. myself some time in between each client. And then I will work one Saturday out of the month. So actually, this is my Saturday. I have one Saturday that I work out of the month, and that usually starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, and my last client is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. Nice. So let me ask you a question, because I was looking at your questionnaire, and then I also know your history. You do a lot of stuff with your husband. Let's talk about spirituality and mental health. Um, How does spirituality and people's desire or blocks to mental health like come up where you are? So, of course, I'm in the Bible book, and my husband is a pastor, Mm -hmm. so it comes up quite often because the city that I live in, we're very well known. I I joke on my husband all the time to say he's the unofficial mayor, so uh, that's how well known we are here. So, for me, I try not to approach therapy with any type of umbrella of religion or spirituality until my clients bring it up. Yeah. And when they bring it up, we walk through that door together. And so there is, I I try to create a zone where there's no judgment. And so as they walk into that door, whether they're part of the LGBTQ um, plus community or whether they are a different religion from what I practice, the first environment I create is that emotionally safe environment. And then if they begin to talk about spirituality and religion, I'm, I welcome it. We have a conversation together and it's very empowering for them because they don't judge themselves. We created this environment where there is no judgment, where they can share their emotions. So when it does, or if it does go into the area of spirituality, they already know they won't be judged. They already know there's no condemnation in what we share with one another. Yeah, that is that is awesome because I know a lot of the therapists in our community, we talk about how to even market uh, psychoeducation, not necessarily therapy services, because most therapists kind of align with my, my mindset, which is I want to provide my church with as many resources as possible, especially with destigmatizing mental health, especially mm-hmm. in the black community. Um, but that does not mean that I want to be the therapist over the people in my congregation, because that feels awkward. 
And depending on who it is, it might be unethical, you know, if you know the person. So how do you address your congregation? Like, have you had anyone who said, I want you as my therapist because you are good at what you do? Yes, I actually have. And we have to really have a conversation and actually get them to sign a document that that I am the pastor's wife. And I'm real clear about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not co-pastor. I am not um, uh, assistant pastor. I am the pastor's wife. And so with that being said, I make it crystal clear that we won't talk about your sessions on Sundays because I'm not there to be a therapist on Sundays. I'm there to support the congregation and to get my own praise on. So the last thing I want to do (laughs) is be a therapist on Sundays. But I remind them of what this relationship is going to look like. And, And believe it or not, here in South Georgia... There's this thing called, I need to touch you, feel you, and know you as my therapist. Uh And so they're very um, community-oriented here. And so with with that, people like the fact that they know me personally Mm -hmm. and want to be able to have that safe space with me because they know me some kind of way. And so it has really worked out really well that people who would not have gone and gotten counseling from my husband as their pastor feel comfortable coming and paying for services because they do pay. Come pay for services with me as a therapist. So no, I don't do any counseling at the church, in the building. You have Mm -hmm. to come to my office to do it. That's good. So that's that's a very clear boundary that I set. Right. That was a word that was popping up. And I was like, ooh, let's talk about that. Because (laughs) what I really want therapists and just individuals who are listening or watching this podcast to hear is that on the therapist side, you do want to set up boundaries with any um, entity, organization, or community setting that you are always involved in. You want to set boundaries so that if someone does come seek you out for counseling, you have to decide how those boundaries are going to be set up and communicate that to the potential client. Then on the client side, recognize and respect the boundary. Don't come up to her after offering, you know, and say, hey, like, do you got that letter for me for my job? Or can I just talk to you about something that happened before church? No. <laughs> like, your session is a recession. And the, the third thing I, will, I like what you said is you're also enforcing the boundary by even creating a separate context and environment in which they have to go to because I think it does detach church association from, oh, you're my therapist now. Because I think that can become a blurred line if therapists choose to see their clients in an office in the church. Clients may not be able to turn the church part off, you know, so so that's that's awesome. Now, you did mention your husband as a pastor. And so can you talk a, a little bit about what you do with him online? Because I've caught some of your series in the past. And so what's that like? like? <laughs> yeah, so um, we started Sheltered In with the Mountains during um, COVID. Actually, we can actually back it all the way up to um, my relationship movement that we started with our very good friend, um, Dr. Lisa Michelle Harney. And it was a movement to build relationships. Well, she relocated. And so we transitioned from her relocating to then having sheltered in with the Nikes. And it still has the same um, mission, which mm-hmm. is to help people build healthy relationships, whatever those relationships are. Mm-hmm. And so we come on Sunday nights, um, unfiltered, truly unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And so we have uh, fun together. We help people understand the importance of relationships, not just marriage, but how to start dating, how to have a relationship with yourself first. And then begin to build those uh, external relationships. But, you know, your relationships really mirror the relationships you have with yourself first. 
So my husband loves, loves, loves therapy. So we can talk, we can sit up and talk all night long about therapy. And so he has really, really fallen in love with it. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, he wants to um, really just take the veil off what people feel about counseling. So Sheltered In with the Nightings has two purposes. It's to help build relationships, but also help people understand that counseling can really, really help. And it really is just a conversation with people. Right. So we build that psycho ed component in as well when we're doing Sheltered In with the Nightings. And all of those are streamed on your Instagram page? They are streamed on my Instagram page as well, Sunday okay. nights at seven. And we also have a um, YouTube channel, My Relationship Movement. Okay. And, and we also share on Facebook as well. Okay. So we'll make sure to link all that below just so that people can go find it. So let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into a uh, private practice world, mental health world. If you could identify, even though I know you work with a slew of different clients, um, who would be your ideal client, like your main client you serve? Right now... The fun part for me, and, and I'm laughing because when I started with you, I had no clue who my client ever was. I was like, oh no, that person doesn't exist in South Georgia. Um, but that person does. I want the client who is ready to do the work. They mm-hmm. come in and they sit down and they know they got a problem. They know they got an issue. They know that there's some trauma or some issues in the past, some baggage, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. that we need to unpack and they're ready to do it. I want a client who comes in who's motivated to do their homework mm-hmm. when I give homework. And I also like a client who who is ready to ask questions. I'm the expert in what I do, but I tell clients all the time, you're the expert on you. Mm-hmm. And so our job is to come together so that at the end of the day, when it's time for me to get out the car, you can keep driving on with life as usual, with more tools to be able to equip you to handle the speed bumps that'll come up in your life. That's good. That's good. I know that you serve EAP clients because you've talked to our community, our mastermind students about that a lot. Um, and this is a topic that I've, I've provided education on to the public, but I never had someone to talk about it who's uh, doing it a lot in their practice. Can you talk to our listeners about the difference between coming in as an EAP client and what that looks like versus just coming in from insurance or private pay? Sure. So every person that contacts me, um, if they're not an EAP referral, I ask them, where do you work? What, what's your job? And they, it kind of throws them off and they go, okay, I work for such and such. And I say, do you have insurance? And they go, yeah. I said, well, you have another insurance called EAP. And they go, what's that? I said, yeah, yeah. it's a secret. I said, what if I told you that at least three of your sessions would be covered at no charge to you? And they go, oh yeah, okay. And I explained to them what EAP is. And so usually we hang up the phone, they will do their homework and get it done. And they call me back and they're, here's my approval number. Here's my authorization wow. number. And so because I've given them that information and again, we're having conversations together mm-hmm. that's counseling, I've not had a client yet who stopped before their EAP sessions were over with me. That's good. That's good. And for the therapists, because I know they're listening and some of them don't even know what EAP is. So employment <laughs> assistant program, my people yeah. Um, yeah. that, you know, and, and I always laugh like this is the information that's provided in that five inch ring binder when you get a job mm-hmm. and they say sign this waiver saying that you read it and it's 500 pages and then you can't find it ever um, mm-hmm. after you get hired. Uh, do therapists have to get credentialed with those EAP panels? Because I imagine some people in different states, I know in California, they have different panels. Mm-hmm. 
we do. So in, even in Georgia, we have to get credential with each panel. And sometimes it's just a simple sheet of paper, a W-9 mm-hmm. and, you know, filling out another sheet of paper about your practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's a whole thick packet that you got to get done. But for the most part, the way I I um, approach EAP is I called all of the major manufacturers and businesses in my city. And I asked them, who is your EAP with? And they mm-hmm. told me. A lot of them told me. And so I was able to go ahead and get credentialed as well as getting credentialed on the on the um, insurance panel. I went and got credentialed on a number of EAP panels. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm about, I'm about to throw a little coaching session in here and I'm going to have you stop talking about what you're talking about. Because, um, and y'all going to see how I get down to coaching. This is just what happens is I just start saying stuff. So I want to know, I'm curious, whoever is listening to the podcast, I want them to go to my DM. Or if you're watching on YouTube, comments on the bottom of the video. If you are watching this, if I posted this in the Dope Therapist Academy or Elite Coaching, just comment on the bottom of the thread. If Dr. Tracy were to have a workshop on how to get EAP panel, how many of you guys would be interested in it? And the reason I'm bringing this up is because one of the things that we, we'll get to it in a moment, but one of the things we talk especially to our mastermind students about is that we know so, I believe all, all people, especially therapists, we know so much information and we've done a lot of things with hitting the ground running and making mistakes and doing things correctly down the long run. And we don't realize how many other people don't know how to do what you're doing because you just do it as a matter of fact. Like you just spit that out, like, oh, do these steps, but they still don't know how to do it. Like you said, call all the EAP or the, the employers. Well, I'm in LA county. So what kind of employers do I call? You know, (laughs) that could depend on your niche. It depends on your clientele. And so I'm just curious, you know, who's interested if she were to put on an EAP two hour workshop, it ain't got to be all day. It ain't got to be a conference. It could be virtual. You know what I'm saying? Who would be interested? Because she said, I I think y'all believe that she said no to go mine. Maybe it's me. (laughs) Cause you received a lot of comments from the uh, mastermind students. And Mm -hmm. on one of our academy calls, it wasn't this past cohort, but it was, I think, the January cohort. I kind of snuck it into one of the calls. And I'm like, yo, we have somebody who graduated from the academy like a year ago. She's in the mastermind and she is killing it in the EAP game. And you guys need to know about this because you can serve more people because some of your clients may say no to private pay, but maybe they need to test drive the car, but they don't have all the finances right now to test drive the car. We're going to save the rest of that for people who want (laughs) to go to your workshop. But for clients, you can actually, what Dr. Tracy is saying is, go talk to your employer and find out about your EAP services, how many sessions you got, what's the name of the panel, and take that back to a therapist and say, hey, I have EAP. Do you take this panel? Would you mind getting on it? It's a lot of us that want therapy, if you know that about your coworkers, you know? (laughs) And they do talk to each other. That's, yes. that's literally how uh, it's built, is that people are going back and saying, listen, I got this therapist. She's black. She got short hair. And she is not playing with us. And so, you know, it's, it's so refreshing to have people get started with an EAP and just go, oh, wait, my, my six sessions over? Yeah, I said six, because sometimes it goes Yes, mine has went up to seven. And yes. it's guaranteed money. So... Mm-hmm. You're sitting there after that eighth session. You go, okay, well, it's time for us to wrap up. And they go, oh, no, I'm ready to use my insurance now. Right. (laughs) And say that again, too, like guaranteed money and guaranteed sessions. Because this is an area in mental health where 
I don't want the potential clients to hear one side because I hope that they hear these are guaranteed sessions that I'm going to sneak this in for a potential client is it's more wide open in EAP because like insurances have certain regulations of what we can Mm -hmm. code, who can be part of the services. And in the EAP service uh, contracts that I've had, let's just say if John is my client, but on the next session, we decide to bring in his child because that really is the presenting problem. Depending on the panel, you can bring in different people in different sessions because it's not strict. And to me, especially when the family is really the identified client, Mm -hmm. EAP is nice when you do have three, five or seven sessions because they allow us on the coding to say, The employee was not present, but this Mm -hmm. time I only saw his 15-year-old son. Next week, I only saw his wife. So now I can do a three-part intake, paid, no cost, no copay to the client slash employee. And then once we're done with all of the paid sessions, then I can be more clear even to say, individual therapy, John, is not what you need for John Jr. Mm -hmm. too. We need to do family therapy. This is how much it will cost, or this is what is or is not covered under your insurance. Let's move forward. And now let's be clear because now your treatment also doesn't have to last as long because we know exactly what's happening. Go figure. (laughs) Exactly. I'll give you one better than that. I didn't even know that um, two of my EAP panels did this until earlier um, in 2021. A parent has sessions and a dependent has sessions. Yes. So a parent can have six sessions and a dependent can have six mm-hmm. sessions. I'm like, wait, that's 12 sessions? Yeah. Yes. Know the rules, ask questions when you're getting on these panels. That's why you're going to go to Dr. Uh, Tracy for a workshop. So, <laughs> so let's pivot the conversation a little bit because we have mentioned the academy and the mastermind. And sometimes the students... Um, or I'm going to say therapists. Sometimes therapists come to me and they're like, I just want one-on-one. I just want to scale my business. Can you, from your perspective, now that you look back, because I think it's more of a aha moment when we look back at how far we've come. Mm-hmm. What was the difference between your business and your mindset in the academy versus when you started the mastermind? Um, in the academy, I still had the mindset of my part-time business. And when I started with the elite coaching part of it, it really grew during the academy because I was putting things into in, in place that you told us to put in mm-hmm. place. But it wasn't until I really started watching my numbers and watching the time that I was putting in as I transitioned from the academy to elite coaching, I went, Oh, okay. So this is not a part-time job. <laughs> Wait a minute. Look, know your numbers. <laughs> and so even though I'm still transitioning and learning my numbers um, and, and watching my numbers, because it, it's a huge difference from December 2020 to uh, what month are we in? August yeah. 2021. I watched the numbers and I went, what in the world? Now, granted, pandemic played a part of that, but when I started this whole process with you, I I would have been just like, oh, okay, that's a number. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means, but okay. Mm-hmm. But now I understand the number. Yeah, I understand the numbers behind the numbers. I understand right. where I got the number. I understand the importance of knowing my numbers. I even understand it and the importance of knowing where my referrals are coming from. Yes. 
Yes. So we, we dig deeper in the mastermind. And so for students or DTA students, because we usually post this directly in their program in the Facebook community, is that I always harp on time blocking, knowing your numbers. And then, of course, we dip into delegation. We do, compared to mastermind, we do an overview of knowing your numbers. Um, but it's really when they go, you go into the mastermind program, it's like, no, this is your end of month form. And end of month form is very different than now we have what's called DTA numbers mastery where we have them in, in our online portal, they have to put in starting week three, four, and five. We want to know how many new referrals that they receive, um, how many of those turned into clients, where are their clients coming from. And some of them probably think of it as homework, which is like, ugh, I don't want any homework. Mm-hmm. But what Dr. Tracy is describing is that it's a difference in mindset of just knowing your numbers and then understanding your numbers and where the numbers come from because the numbers will dictate when you can take a vacation, how long can your vacation be? And then how can you change your schedule yet again to get closer and closer to like that vision board lifestyle that you want, you know? And so um, tell them, because I know that you have a few things coming up as we approach the fourth quarter. And so you've already talked about the show. Do you have any products or services or workshops coming up in the third or fourth quarter? We do. So Lawrence and I actually have a coaching program to call, together called Make It Last, uh, Making Love Last Forever. And Forever is an acronym that we use that we actually go through each week is a different component that we focus on. So we focus on finances, we focus on um, relationships, and we're talking relationships with other people outside of your relationship. Mm. We talk about, um, yeah, we, we talk about a lot in that Forever program. And there will be sessions where he works with the guy and I work with the female and then we come together and do it together. And there are sessions where he works with the female and I work with the guy. So it's really fun to go through that together. So we have that coaching program. He and I both are writing a book. So he already has a book out, which mm-hmm. is where we got the coaching program from. Okay. So he has a book out. I'm actually writing a book on a masterclass that I did earlier this year. And, um, and myself went through a um, masterclass with one of the dope therapist um, uh, people. And uh-huh. so she inspired me to get the book out based on the masterclass that I did. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a masterclass. We'll have another masterclass later on this year yeah. that we do together also um, for both of our books. So yes. we got a lot going on this last quarter. And yes. the truth of the matter is, I would have never envisioned any of that for myself. I just wanted to be a therapist. That's all I wanted to do. I just, I just <laughs> want to be a therapist. Just let me be a therapist. But it was coming through this program that I that I realized that, you know, some of the things that I do every single session, that's a book. And I'm so putting it, together, <laughs> yeah, putting it together and creating um, a, a program where people can actually go through and see, see their own transformation, mm-hmm. that's what really, really inspired me. Mm-hmm. And so some of the nuggets that you drop in the DTA um, that you share with us has re- I've really used them and, and actually streamlined me to be able to put this book out by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you were part of that uh, epic accelerated program <laughs> where I yes. talk about those, you know, we went from eight weeks to four weeks due to the pandemic, but by far all 16 students went and finished every single lesson. And I was like, whoa, like this is a big deal. Um, but, but one thing I do want to pull from what you said as well, which is speaking to impact with, you know, covering what you do with your spouse, talking about what you do in your private practice, and then also just what you do for your church and your community and things like that 
is you're you're doing one-to-one service, which is what we are taught as therapists, and it's drilled in our heads. And sometimes that becomes an obstacle because here I come along saying, no, you can serve more than one person. And they're like, I can't serve 50 people. You can. You can serve 15 to 20 people in your private practice individually. You can put some of those people in groups and then you can write books um, that are appropriate for people to process on their own in which you can serve people statewide and countrywide. So you're, you're to me, belittling your ability to make a big impact because you can take the exact same thing that you're doing with therapy clients, buffer it down a little bit because you're not there to mediate a conversation, but then create a book from it. And then the book becomes a coaching program. Then the coaching programs becomes a damn retreat. I mean, we're we going to do this in New York. Based off when people see this, we're doing in New York one uh, product to seven streams of income in August for like a one-day workshop. And it's really going to be us taking all of like Tracy's ideas, for example, because we've done this in a previous session and then saying, no, you can do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now pick one though. Don't try to do all 10 though, like right now. So um, do you have any lasting words? Like if if a potential client is listening to you and they're uh, spiritual, right? Let's just throw that in there. And they have seen how big mental health has gotten, but they're still not sold on it. What's one thing you can share with that watcher or listener to help them understand that mental health is safe and it's okay? Sure. So I actually had, my husband actually had a t-shirt made for me that speaks to that exactly. Um, the t-shirt says self-check, self-check mind, mental health, body, self-check, which are physical, and then self-check spiritual. So if we are mind, body, and spirit, we should have practitioners who take care of all three of us. That's good. That's what mental health is. That's That's what going to a therapist is. You're taking care of your mental health. You go to the doctor to take care of your physical health and you go to your pastor, your priest, or whoever um, that person is to take care of your spiritual health. That's good. And I'm actually going to piggyback on that and add something for the therapist. The only way you can help someone go through that process is if you do it yourself. So we always have to practice what we preach. And so... I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You've been part of our program for a long time. And, uh, you know, next year, really about to be turned up now that y'all got a sneak peek of what really happens, <laughs> you know, in the mastermind. Exactly. And you come in person. So can't wait to November. Uh, but we want to thank you for showing up and going strong in the area of mental health, especially right now, because we're still in this great run with what's changed in our norm. Um, Just always want to give a disclaimer that if you choose, if you're a watcher and you're in, what state are you in? Tell them what state. I'm in Georgia. Okay. So I like for therapists that are on the podcast to reiterate the state at the beginning and at the end, because for therapy clients uh, in our field, you therapists can only see clients in which the state that they're licensed in. And we have had clinicians on the podcast or in our community that are licensed in multiple states, but we just want to make sure that clients um, are utilizing their time with seeking out therapists that they can actually see, especially if they connect with you. However, if you want to check out her couples, you know, program and things like that, then what I'm going to do is share her Instagram profile just so you can stay connected you can check out her and her husband as well at uh, dr underscore Knighton at on Instagram. Check out her website. I'm sure if you stay connected, you'll find out about all the programs that she has coming out. Um, but I want to thank you for showing up to the podcast today. Well, honestly, thank you for having me. It is such an honor to be here with you. Yes.
All right, everybody. So signing out and we will tune in to the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle. 